Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. First Peter 3.15 reminds us that we ought to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts and be always ready to give each man or woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and to do it with gentleness and respect. Apologetics to the Christian is a vital part of our evangelism. Some even say that apologetics is the handmaiden to evangelism. And Unfortunately, there are too many believers who are not equipped to answer the why and what of our faith. So today I wanted to focus in on the foundation of this ministry, Ace Apologetics, as well as the foundation of this radio show, Sound Reasoning, which is Christian apologetics in our attempt to train God's people to be prepared uh, to evangelize and to be able to respond biblically to those that ask questions regarding our faith. So I have a special guest uh, for this episode. It's Professor Eric Brisley from uh, City Seminary. He's the adjunct professor of apologetics at City uh, City Seminary. Uh, Professor Brisley, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on Sound Reasoning. And my first question to you is, uh, what is Christian apologetics? Well, you kind of addressed a little bit of that in the intro to your program, but uh, I'd like to use a verse from Philippians chapter 1, verse 7. Paul speaks about that he is imprisoned for the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I think that kind of gives us a good focus that the gospel is in many ways the focus of our defense, that is not some kind of narrow view of the gospel, but the gospel in one sense includes the totality of Scripture. But I like the idea that he talks about not only defending the gospel, but also confirming it or commending it to the folks around us. Also, the uh, verse that you mentioned in your intro, that we need to make a defense to everyone who asks us for a reason to give an account for the hope that's within us. So we need to defend the gospel, we need to defend the Bible, we need to defend Christ, God, the whole Christian faith. And um, I guess one way to define apologetics is to say that, as uh, Cornelius Van Til says, uh, apologetics is the vindication <laughs> of the Christian philosophy Amen. of life against the uh, various forms of the non-Christian philosophy of life. That's kind of a mouthful, but Amen. I that's one way of putting it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, one of the feedback that I often receive from some believers is this adverse reaction to Christian apologetics. Uh, they sometimes argue that uh, the gospel doesn't need any defending. How, how should we respond to that? Well, the Lord, of course, could have announced the gospel from the air with a uh, robot or something, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has called us to share the gospel with those around us. And, of course, God became incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. So we are called to communicate the gospel and part of communicating the gospel is to answer the questions and the objections that people have in regard uh, to the scriptures. So, so I think that's 
an essential aspect of it. Certainly God commands us to do so, but he also calls us to do so. And we have many examples, not only in terms of Christ, uh, but also the apostles in the New Testament. So how is then faith and reason compatible? Well, I guess to some extent it really depends upon how you define faith and reason. Some people define faith in kind of an irrational fashion. I think faith could be defined. We use um, a document called the Heidelberg Catechism in our church. It gives a, a, a nice definition. It says, true faith is not only a sure knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed to us in his word, but also a hearty trust which the Holy Spirit works in me by the gospel. So it's sure knowledge, but it's hearty trust. It has all those things. And uh, that means that uh, faith looks to the scriptures. And when mm. we look to the scriptures, scripture, the Bible gives us a tremendous content. And in Acts 17, too, Paul is uh, speaking at Thessalonica, and he reasons, it says he was reasoning from the scriptures. So I think the idea that uh, faith and reason or rationality are somehow in opposition to one another or disconnected is certainly not a biblical concept but we use our reason subordinate to the scriptures. Uh, Augustine and Anselm used the Latin phrase, credo ut intelligam, which means I believe in order that I may understand. So it's not as if faith is in one area and reason is another area, but rather we take the scriptures and reason from them. Mm. So that's probably the best way to speak about a ministerial use of reason, not an autonomous use of reason. Thank you for that response. Uh, my next question has more to do with our Christian legacy. So for those that are listening to us, uh, can you elaborate on our Christian heritage in terms of apologetics? Well, it is a tremendous heritage. I think it really goes back into the Old Testament. You think of uh, some of the great defenses of God in the, in the Old Testament, and Elijah, for example, defending God on, on against the uh, prophets of Baal, but also Christ himself. And then coming down into the, the era of Christianity, we have the great apologists of the early church, uh, apologetics coming to our own time. So apologetics has been with us for some time. A couple uh, men from the early church I'm fond of, Irenaeus of Leon, he was in the 2nd mm -hmm. century, and he spoke uh, against heresies, against the Gnosticism or the New Age mysticism of his time, and he stressed the importance of, of creation out of nothing. Right. And then a man named Tertullian of Carthage, he wrote about uh, the difference between uh, Jerusalem and Athens, and he gave this uh, tremendous quote in which he said, uh, what indeed has Athens to do with Jerusalem? <laughs> What concord is there between the academy and the church? What between heretics and Christians? Our instructions come from the porch of Solomon, who had himself taught that the Lord should be sought in simplicity of heart. Hmm. Away with all attempts to produce a modeled Christianity of Stoic, Platonic, and dialectical composition. We want no curious disputation after possessing Christ Jesus, no inquisition after enjoying the gospel. I think that's just a beautiful statement. Right and other ones like it down through the history of the church. So we we come from a long list of apologists, and, and you've already shown us through Scripture that uh, the Bible um, in, 
endorses us practicing or using the method of Christian apologetics. So thank you for that explanation. Now, my next question has to do with uh, each local body in terms of our churches. I would assume that every church has a way of receiving new members. And my question to you is, should each church consider uh, teaching some sort of uh, Christian apologetics within their curriculum? Well, I'm, in fact, uh, starting that uh, next Sunday. <laughs> I'm just finishing up a section on evangelism this summer, a seminar, and then moving into some general apologetics. Some of my students at City Seminary have done so in their churches. I think it needs to be more than just a, a kind of a, a part of our curriculum, but it certainly should be woven into even preaching itself. Preaching Amen. should not just be about the Christian life, but about a biblical worldview and how to defend the gospel and to commend the gospel to the non-Christian. We need to weave it into our whole program of evangelism, uh, whether it's resources, conferences, Christian schools, all the way through seminary, city seminary courses, part of serving the church in this way as well. Amen. I, I totally agree with you. And what are some of the residual effects of not engaging in Christian apologetics? Well, I think there's maybe three that we could note. Uh, number one, Christians are unprepared to give answers when they're asked. Uh, you know, we are going to be asked if we're real Christians about why we believe in Christ, why we have hope, why we have a different lifestyle. And so the scriptures, of course, that First Peter 3 passage says we need to be, pre- need to be prepared to give that answer. Uh, secondly, Colossians 2 warns us about being taken captive by empty philosophies and not according to Christ. Um, Our minds can be taken in by our culture, by Mm. things we read or see or observe. You know, there are so many philosophies floating around. We need to be rooted in a biblical worldview and need to also defend that and refute false uh, teaching so that our children and members of the church are not going to be carried away. Also, um, I think a third point is that if we don't challenge the non-Christian worldview, I think the non-Christian is simply going to feel like his view is truth or correct. Right. Uh, Paul says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk war according to the flesh, for right. the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing mm. raised up against the knowledge of God, we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I tell my students, I say, you need to be as gracious and kind as you can and absolutely demolish the views that are non-Christian. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, and you're right. We just can't sit on the sidelines and watch the world uh, just do what they want to do. And, and now we've gotten to a point where the world is... Um, has begun reframing what truth is. Uh, And when I say begun, uh, not that it just started, but further perpetuating what truth is. And unfortunately, uh, too many people who allege to be believers are also embracing this so-called truth. Right. And, you know, one thing I think is intriguing about the ministry of Christ is often he answered a question with another question. Often, 
what's involved in presenting a biblical viewpoint is to reframe the question. We can't simply chase the questions of the non-Christian. We need to say, these are the questions that need to be asked. Right. Amen. So in what way can Christian apologetics uh, strengthen the individual? Well, I think my personal testimony is, though I spent a lot of time teaching and reading and studying, I think it has really strengthened my faith, even though I've been very firmly convinced, you know, since I was 17 of being a Christian and knowing the Lord and so forth, yet you can't help living in our culture to have some questions or some uncertainties. And so studying apologetics or how to defend the faith strengthens our own faith in the veracity of Scripture. It strengthens our faith in the reality of God, that he's the God who is there, like Francis Schaeffer talks about, that we have an unshakable conviction that uh, he is the truth in the times where new atheism uh, asserts itself. And uh, also we have an understanding that Christ is not just simply a way, but he is the way, Mm. the truth, and the life. He's the absolute truth. He's the final word that God has spoken to the human race. We thank you for that reminder. It, it is a, a dogmatic uh, statement that he is the way, uh, that definite article. And my next question has to deal with, for those that may be listening to us and have not been under an apologetic training method, and maybe this topic, this word is even new to them, are there any books that you can recommend for um, a neophyte in apologetics? Probably the best one I know that I recommend for people starting out is a book by Richard L. Pratt, Jr. called Every Thought Captive. It's called A Study Manual for the Defense of the Christian Faith. It's about uh, 142 pages. It's a nice uh, beginning point. Uh, There's some other ones that I use in my apologetics class, books by Van Til and Schaefer and Greg Bonson and others. They're a little bit more complicated. Uh, I certainly would encourage people to get... uh, trained and not just simply read, but uh, there's also some very good websites as well. Excellent. So how should a Christian respond to uh, those of other faith, especially in this nation that we live in, of pluralism? Well, I think there's probably uh, two types that we would respond to, certainly people of various forms of Christianity, which may not be orthodox, whether they be cults or pseudo-Christianity, and then there are other religions. I think the first thing to do is to respect the person and to treat them with concern and honesty, and yet uh, to maintain that uh, the God of of Scripture, and and I like the way the Bible puts it, he's the God of gods. (laughs) So there is a God who is above all the gods, and uh, that is the God who has revealed himself in the Bible. So we need to need to talk and listen to what their viewpoint is and certainly acknowledge things that are valid in their perspective and yet point out how it is incomplete, how it is false, how it leads into a false direction, how it is really a false way of salvation, and therefore to turn them to Christ. Hebrews 1 is a a beautiful statement that Christ is really the the final prophet, he's the one whom we have mm-hmm. to finally listen to. He's greater than any angel. He's greater than any religious perspective. He is the the ultimate solution and the ultimate Savior. You know, there's no other name under heaven uh, by which we must be saved. So we need to speak firmly but also compassionately with people of other viewpoints. 
Thank you for that insight. My next question deals with uh, some of the students that come to your class. Uh, and by the way, when they sign up for your class, is it uh, <clears throat> mandatory or is it an elective? Uh, well, there's actually a number of classes that I teach. I teach an introduction to apologetics. I teach a class on Christian evidences, which spends a lot of time with the debate about evolution. I teach a class on applied apologetics, where we look at various worldviews, how we need to reply to them. I teach a class on cults, where we look at how to answer the various cults. And then I have a class on Christian worldview, which provides some foundational ideas for the whole program. So I'd like to stick in another class, but that's a pretty full (laughs) (laughs) curriculum on apologetics. In fact, many seminaries don't have a, a curriculum like that. That's uh, true. I, I can't remember exactly how much, how many courses are required. I think three of them are required, so that a few of them are are not required. But intro to apologetics is the is the basic course. Excellent. So when students enter your class, um, what are some of the goals that you have for them in terms of uh, this apologetic discourse that you've created? I usually tell them my my goal is not the grade. My goal is not that you just regurgitate information. I want students to think through the material. I want them to interact and discuss in class. I want them to master the material and learn how to defend the faith. And that's that's what my goal is. You know, it's not just a scholastic goal. It's a goal of 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 doing what Christ calls us to do. So I try to connect with students where they're at, whatever their educational background is, and try to help them move to where uh, I think they can go in terms of their ability. Professor Bristley, thank you so much for answering our questions. And again, this is Professor Eric Bristley. He's an adjunct professor at City Seminary of Sacramento. Uh, We encourage you to look him up, and maybe you may want to sign up and take uh, some of the courses in apologetics. So thank you again for being our guest. And uh, I pray that the Lord allows allow us to do this again. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Again, uh, that's Professor Eric Bristley sharing with us the necessity of Christian apologetics and why it's germane to our mission of reconciling the lost world back to God. And as we go and share this good news of Jesus Christ, sooner or later, somebody will ask you a reason for the hope that lies within you? Why is it that you do the things that you do? And instead of giving just an experiential response based on your experiences, based on what you've been exposed to, it's very important that whatever we share with people can be traced back to the scriptures. It's very important that whatever we share with others have a biblical paradigm Not just what I think, not just how I feel, but what does the word of God has to say about the things that I'm sharing with someone else? Because ultimately, we want them to follow Jesus. We don't want to create clones of ourselves. We want to report the gospel in a way that Jesus is lifted, that others see Jesus clearly without us being in the way. And one of the things that makes that uh, make it necessary is Christian apologetics. So if you sharing with someone that they ought to follow Jesus Christ, we have to be prepared to answer these questions. Why Jesus among so many? 
Why can't I follow Buddha or why can't I follow Confucius? Why can't I follow some other uh, group leader or a religious organization? So if we're going to respond to the pluralistic attitudes and the different worldviews in our society, we have to make sure that we are trained in Christian apologetics, that we have exposed ourselves to responding to these many challenges of those that ask us the reason for the hope that lies within us. Again, not based on what I think necessarily or what I feel necessarily. Everything we share with others as Christians need to be based on biblical principles. That's the only way that that individual is going to get the help that they need. That's the only way that lives can be enriched. That's the only way that souls can be reconciled back to their creator. This is the only way that pleases God is for us to engage in what I call cerebral worship, loving God, not just with our heart, soul, but also with our minds. So it's imperative. If you're listening to me today, that we not only think about sharing God's good news, but to prepare ourselves to always answer the questions about our faith. And I'm not talking about those who are being, uh, who are asking questions to be difficult or just to argue with you, but those who are sincere, those who really want to know why we do the things we do. One of the books that I would recommend is Know Why You Believe by Paul Little, as well as Know What You Believe by Paul Little. Again, thank you for listening to Sound Reasoning. And if you uh, can pray for us, we would appreciate it. And if you want to be a financial supporter, please visit our website, www.aycce.org, or you can send a check made out to Ace Incorporated, uh, to P.O. Box 582-306, El Grove, California, 95758. And all our previous shows are on our website in case you missed it. Well, we thank you for listening. Please do for the truth what so many other people do for the lie and continue to lift this ministry in your prayers as we go forth and endeavor to train Christians in sound doctrine which is so missed in this in this society. And I hope that you uh, keep these facts in mind, that God wants all Christians to be enabled, to be educated, to be empowered, to share the truth and love. Until he comes back, we ought to walk circumspect. We ought to stand and defend the word of God. And we want to defend it from a, a biblical paradigm, not from a secular paradigm. If you love Christ, then one of the ways we prove it is by sharing the good news. And part of sharing the good news is to defend the gospel. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. 
Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.